0: Father God, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to come once again and to worship you. And Lord, we know that these moments right now as we gather inside a church, these should not be the only times that we worship you. Father, our life is supposed to be a constant act of sacrifice and a constant act of worship. as we gather together with our other believers that God, this is just a build-up and a culmination of, of what you've been doing in our life all week long. God, that we can stand before you and we can praise you. God, that we can stand before you and we can cry out in the name of Jesus for you to bring healing in areas in our lives where we need it. God, that we can give praises Lord, that we can testify to how good you are. And God, we can be honest and say, Lord, I'm just going through some stuff right now that I'm not sure what it's going to turn out to be like. God, I pray that you would speak into our lives and remind us once again that you are more than able God, you are more than able to watch over us, to protect us, to guide us, to not only bring us through the things that we're going through right now, but God, to help us grow, to shape us and mold us into being better followers throughout this process. Jesus, I pray that all aspects of our life, that we would be surrendering ourselves to you. Lord, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it just means that we're opening ourselves up to allow you to shape and mold us and to be willing to say, God, I need to give this up for you, but right now it's just, I can't let it go. Help me. Help me to do this. Father, be with us. Help our lives to truly reflect with to worship. God, this morning we lift up Rufus Bonner and his family. God, we pray for Janet Smalley and her family. Lord, we pray for Kathy Finley as she's had a procedure this week. Speak with her. Lord, you know all of our church family who need you today. We pray for them. We lift them up to you. Jesus, we love you, and we come before you now and ask that you would speak and work and move. We love you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, welcome back this morning. Um before we get started, I just want to throw this out there because we always do, you know, church socials, picnics, um, cookouts, and things like that. And we always have a crowd show up to service, and then we'll go over there. And, and Usually, the number who comes to the social or goes down to the building to eat or goes to the battlefield to eat is somewhat less than what we usually have in service. I want to encourage you. I'm going to throw some guilt on you this morning. Now, I feel like, for the most part, as a pastor, I really try not to just guilt trip you guys on stuff. I'm going to guilt you this morning, okay? You paid for the food, all right? If it goes to waste, it's your own fault. The second thing is, there's a lot of you in here who's like, I would rather eat something besides a hamburger and a hot dog, which is fine. But there's a lot of people who would kill to have a hamburger and a hot dog. There's a lot of you in here who said, "Well, we already have dinner planned because we forgot about it." It'll be okay. Some of you think, "Well, I don't wanna go." That's okay. You may not feel like you need the social interaction or, you know, just the conversation's personally and you might actually need them without realizing it. And even if you don't need them, there's probably someone who's going to be there who needs some social interaction, some conversation, some encouragement. So there's a lot of really good reasons why you should be there today, okay? Can, can I just throw that out there? There's over 1,000 acres. So if you get stressed out by big crowds, go take a walk, all right? Have some chill time, get some exercise in, a lot of things to do. Really hope you come today, okay? There's my guilt this morning. All right, let's go with it. It's easy to show up when things are going great, right? Life is good. Um, I can remember uh, when my high school reunion came around 10 years, okay? That was 10 years ago because we just did our 20th this year. But in my first 10-year reunion, I was a little hesitant to go to my 10-year reunion. And it wasn't because like I was unsatisfied with life. But I knew that there were a lot of people there that I had not seen in a long time. And you know, you just have these like thoughts of where you're supposed to be in life at certain times and where you thought you were going to be and things didn't quite work out like you thought it would. And you were going to have to face these people who were pretty significant in your life. And you're going to have to answer questions and have these conversations. And you know, when, I, when my 10-year reunion came around, I was still kind of a loser, Like, I mean, I was in ministry, I was serving the Lord, I knew I was exactly where I wanted to be, but at the same time, I was still living at home with my parents, which I still think was a very wise move, but you know, try to explain that to your friends, all right, who you went to high school with, and they're like, yeah, this dude's a loser, he's still living at home. I was not married at the time, you know... I had friends who was married on their, they were on their third marriage. They had a bunch of kids by this time. I, we were at our 10-year reunion. Some of them had a 14-year-old there. It's like you had people who were a lot further along in life than what I was, and I was very hesitant to go. You know, it, and, and I will say that when my 20-year reunion came up this past fall, we actually, they threw it together at the last minute because somebody forgot to do it or didn't want to do it. It was a lot easier to go this time because I was married. You know, we have our own house. We have kids. I could answer some of those lives. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to show up and do something when things are going well and you're satisfied with where you are and you feel like, oh, yeah, things are good right now. But, you know, when things aren't the way you want them to be and life stinks, it's like you just don't want to show up. You don't want to answer the questions. You don't want to have the conversations. You don't want to talk about it and just like rehash everything that you're already unsatisfied, unhappy about, things like that. But when it, call, when it comes to following the Lord, I think it's really important for us to understand that we are called to show up despite everything around us falling apart. So, so you could be in life right now and, and your world may not be falling apart, but you're just not satisfied with where you are as a person, where you are with goals, Prospects, things in life that you thought would happen that just hasn't happened yet. You may feel like you're in this situation right now and you don't know how you're going to get out. You don't know what's going to happen. And you know, like there's just something in you that you just want to crawl in a hole and just hide for a little while. And even in the midst of those times, it's really important for us to understand as people, we are called to show up. And and this is important. Now, I want you to listen to me today because. There's an understanding that we need to have in our life. And we talked about this Wednesday night at our Bible study because we're beginning the book of 2 Corinthians. And we were talking about Paul's life. And we were talking about how in 2 Corinthians, you see a lot of the personal aspects of Paul that you don't get anywhere else in the scriptures. Like he identifies some really personal things in his life that he's dealing with and he goes through. And you get this kind of insight into Paul to understand that he is human he wasn't perfect, he had struggles, he had pain, he had heartache. There was a lot of things he was going through. And it makes us, as people, as we're reading into this, because Paul is kind of this big figure that we respect and we just think, man, I wish I was more like him. And it's kind of nice to know that he was just human, that he hurts like us. As believers, it's really important for us to show up when, even when the world's falling apart around us. Because number one you need to show up because you need to be around other people. You need to be encouraged and lifted up and prayed for. Sometimes you do need to answer those questions. Sometimes you do need to have that interaction whether you realize it or not. But also, and this is, this sounds crazy, but you'll appreciate this, sometimes it's just like you need to show up so other people can see that you're human too. That you're not this perfect model of, what someone should be and like you never reveal anything that's bad or going on in your life. Like Sometimes it's good for other people to see and know that you're going through what you're going through and to see how you handle that and how you pursue God. There's a huge testimony in that. It's so important for us to show up even when the world's falling apart. And I was thinking in preparation of this passage, okay, what, what's the... When you say, okay, my world is falling apart, probably death. It is one of the biggest things that, that we would look at as individuals and say, like, yeah, this is like the epitome of my world falling apart because it brings in this, this finite thing of, of there's no going back from this moment. And understanding that, you know, we serve a God who loves us and cares for us, and things may not always turn out like we want it, but to know that we serve a God who's more than able in those moments to carry us and see us through and even do things that we could never think of or imagine. He's, he's a God who's able to do that. So our focus passage is in John chapter 11 this morning. And this is the story of Lazarus dying and Jesus is going to resurrect him. And I want to give you a little bit of uh, intro leading into it to know that Jesus was in Judea just a few days earlier And he left because the people there were trying to kill him. Like like his his presence and his teaching had brought it to the point where everyone in Judea was wanting to kill him. So Jesus and his disciples left. They went to go minister somewhere else. And he's away. And just after he's been there a short uh, few days, he receives word that Lazarus is sick, but Jesus remains where he is. And he didn't go back immediately. Now the disciples did not want to go back to Judea. Even when they heard that Lazarus was sick and Jesus is kind of saying, okay, we're going to go back to disciples, did not want to go back to Judea because they knew everyone wanted to kill him and they were not super excited about it when Jesus said, okay, we're going back anyway. And that's when Thomas said, let's go to and die with Jesus. Basically, he just kind of rationalized like, okay, Jesus is going, let's all go, let's all die together. That was, that was, that was where they were, okay? So... John eleven verses seventeen through twenty six. Read this with me; it'll be on the screen. It Says when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people uh, people had come to console Martha and Mary and their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Now, I'm going to ask you this question because I ask it all the time. Do you believe? Do you truly believe in the Jesus that you say that you believe in? Not just for forgiveness of sin, not just in the hope that there is an eternal life, but do you really believe that he is God, that he is more than able to do anything that he wants to do, anything that he decides to do, anything that he deems is necessary, that he is more than able to do anything? Do you believe that? Now, a lot of us say yes, but we know when it hits the fan, sometimes we lose that, right? Right? Okay, so, so now think about this this morning. There's some things that we need to understand as we live for Christ and our world begins to fall apart around us, we need to remind ourselves of some things. Point number one, the hard things give us a chance to grow. You need to know and understand this, that in the moments where life seems to stink the most, when it is the hardest, when it's the worst, when it is the most painful you need to understand and remind yourself that God can and will help you grow more in this time than any other time in your life. We grow significantly more in the difficulties of life than what we do in the blessings of life, do we not? Because we're uncomfortable. When things get hard, when things fall apart, when we're not satisfied, we have a desire and we tend to seek God more during those times because we're looking for answers to things that we don't understand. God helps us grow during these times more than anyone else. Now, as Jesus arrives at Bethany, Martha is the one that goes and meets him. And I want to kind of give you this, remember who Martha is. Okay. You remember when Jesus is at Mary and Martha's home and Martha's in the kitchen and she's cooking and she's like doing all this stuff and she's She's in there and Mary's just at Jesus' feet, like they're, you know, sitting Indian style. And she's just enjoying Jesus' talk and teach. And she's in there having a good old time. And Martha's in their kitchen. And she comes out of the kitchen and she's like, Jesus, tell my sister to get up off her lazy behind and come and help me because I'm here working and doing all the work by myself. And she's not doing anything. And Jesus rebukes Martha because he says, Mary has found something more valuable, right? And it won't be taken away from her. Which is really surprising because this is that one moment in life where we read Scripture and it's just kind of this reminder that God doesn't necessarily value the same things that we as humans value. You with me? So, so for, for us as people... Most of us would probably be like Martha and say, okay, we're in here working while Mary's sitting there and doing nothing. We would all be mad at Mary. I've actually been to a lot of different family functions where people are in the kitchen doing stuff and cleaning up, and they're just like, yeah, so-and-so sitting in there on their tushy doing nothing. I hope they enjoy everything that's going on with what we're doing. There's that attitude that's very prominent, right? But God doesn't always value things and place things in order the, same, the way that we do. And he's not wrong for that. We're actually the ones that are wrong. So this is that same Martha, okay? Now Martha goes out to meet Jesus on this road. She leaves the house. Mary stays at the house. She continues to mourn. Martha gets up. She says, I'm going to talk to Jesus. She is not satisfied with where they are. She says, I'm going to talk to Jesus. So she gets up. She goes out. She meets Jesus. And she... Confronts him with two statements, which are really interesting because they're, they're statements of confrontation, but they're also statements that are proclamations of faith in the same way. And so, so, so look at these. These are really interesting. The first thing she says is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that's really important to understand. Like As Martha, she she meets Jesus on the road. She goes to meet him. She doesn't wait for Jesus to get there. She goes out. It's like, no, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to see him sooner than what I would see him. If I wait on him to come to me, I'm going to meet him. And she confronts him with these two statements. And the first one is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And it's a tough statement because it reveals faith. Like she believed if Jesus had been there, like she believed her brother would still be living. And so there's a positive aspect of that statement, the fact that she believed in Christ. But at the same time, in this statement, she is holding Christ responsible for her brother's death. Because he had the ability to do something about it, and because he was not there, her brother died. And I think that as people, when hard times come, and and this is really interesting because it doesn't matter whether people are believers or they're atheists and they claim not to believe in God at all. What's really funny is, is how many people start to hold God responsible for things whenever tough times come. So we as people, sometimes when things happen, we get mad at God and we say, God, why did you let this happen? Why did you do this? Why didn't you keep this? Lord, where are you right now? Because, again, whenever things start to fall apart and things in our life start happening, we just kind of like, God, I want answers. I want to understand. God, show me, teach me. Why is this happening? And we come to God as if we hold Him responsible, right? And it's amazing to see how many people who don't believe in God... Saying, well, if he's an all-loving God, why would he do this? If he's an all-knowing God, why would he do that? And the people just come to God in these ways. It's like, well, if he is as great as he is, then why are we not holding him responsible for what he's doing? And I guarantee you there's at least someone here this morning, if not many of you, that you're having an extremely hard time Just putting your faith in God and trusting in Him because there are things or situations in your life that you don't understand, that you're not happy about, that you don't agree with, and there's something inside of you that is is pointing your finger at God and saying, You're the one that's responsible for this. Because I believe in you, and I believe that you are who you say you are, and you are powerful. And because you've allowed this to happen in my life, you're the one that's responsible. And then you have a hard time trusting him because you feel like there's something going on that you didn't deserve. I can remember, and I've told you guys this story, so most of you was probably here that day. We shared it. You know, when, when Hannah and I lost our first child, we didn't really know why, but it was it was kind of one of those things that we were okay with it. And like we, we just kind of said, you know, like we're not above anybody. We rain falls on the just and the unjust and we were just kind of okay. But when we went in the doctor's office the second time, when we had the miscarriage right afterward, I can remember sitting in that office and just, I'd never, I'd never been mad at God before. But in that moment, I remember just being so angry and so mad at God because it was like, how could you you do this again? How could you let this happen again? How how could you, what did we do? What did we do to deserve this? And it was was one of those moments that I really had to pray and seek God and talk to some people and ask people to help me pray through that. It is one of those things you do not understand how amazing and incredible God works in your life in ways that you cannot comprehend, in ways that you don't know, because it, it, I can't even begin to verbally express the amazement in mine and Hannah's life over the past it was probably five or six years ago, maybe seven, I don't know. In, in the midst of this, how many people we have worked with and come in contact with, people in her office that she has worked with who have lost babies and had miscarriages, and there's another lady that she worked with who just had a miscarriage this week, and there's ways that we've been able to minister to people over the past several years. We would have never been able to minister to them if in the capacity that we can now if those things had not happened. And it was almost like God really prepped us for those times of ministry. And I can look back on it now. And when we were going through that, I was not happy. And again, there was anger. There was frustration. There was questions. There was total lack of understanding as to what was going on. But Years down the road, I can look back and say, God was definitely prepping us to make us better ministers so that we could have influence on people who were suffering and hurting and going through the same thing that we had been through. And we can pray with them and help them lead them to the Lord, lead them to understanding, lead them to seek Christ instead of turning away and being angry with him for allowing that to happen in your life. So I want to challenge you this morning in that, be careful. Be careful in your life because you don't know what is going on right now, the hard things that you're going through, what God is prepping you for. And I say this all the time, but I believe this with my whole heart. God did not just call you to salvation to get you to eternal life. He called you to salvation because He wants you to serve Him and help build His kingdom here until the day that He calls you to your eternal home. You have a calling on your life. You have a ministry. You have... Things and people that God wants you to influence and lead and point to Him. And even in the most difficult times in your life, those are your greatest moments for testimony and witnessing and to show people how much you truly believe in God. And the second thing that Martha says is, But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And even in the midst of frustration, because like we said, you know, you can get mad and you can look at God and you can say, God, I believe in you. I know that you are who you say you are. But you get angry and we begin to hold God accountable. And even in the midst of that frustration and that, that lack of understanding of God, why didn't you come whenever we told you? Because he could still be living. Martha still understood who Jesus was and that he had access to God like no one else. She still understood. She said in this moment she's like if you'd have been here my brother would still be alive but I know that whatever you ask for God will give it. She had confidence in him she believed in him and she had to make a choice in her life as to what she was going to believe and who she was going to put her faith in even from this point own. And I think that's one of the things that we have to realize when we deal with difficult situations in our life, we have to make a choice again. We have to reaffirm our faith in those moments. Who are we going to trust in? Who are we going to allow ourselves to live for and guide us and shape and mold us? Because those are the times where Satan wants us to lose trust in Christ. But those are the moments where God wants us to lean into him and trust him more. And Martha is saying this statement, that I know God will give you whatever you ask. And she had faith in him, but she had faith without really knowing what was possible in this moment. And as you sit here today, I want you to understand that there are things in your life, things in the circumstances and the situations of your life where There are possibilities that you don't even know that exist. There are outcomes. There are scenarios. There are things that God wants to accomplish and can accomplish that you cannot even dream is possible in your life right now. But we have to reaffirm our faith in Christ and say, God, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're allowing this to happen. I don't know what you want to teach me in this moment. But God, whatever it is, I'm okay with it. Help me, show me, teach me, guide me, strengthen me in this moment because without Him, we don't have anything. The world may be falling apart, but there's a necessity for us to still show up and allow God to be the God of our lives. In Martha's mind, she thought it was over, but she still showed up to meet Christ. I think that's huge. That she went out to meet him, even though she thought it was over, even though she thought there was no going back and there was no changing this situation, that she still went out to meet Christ and she wasn't happy and she professed her faith. Now think about that. She, like, her statements were statements of faith, but they were also statements of, I need some answers. I need, I need some guidance. I need you to show me once again why I'm believing in you and show me who you are once again. I know God will give you whatever you ask for. Point number two. The hard things give us a chance to see the truth and to understand it completely. You know, when you look at this passage, Martha is talking to God or she's talking to Christ and Jesus says, your brother will rise again, upon which Martha replied, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. In this passage, Martha, she's displaying faith. Now, I want you to think about this, you know... For the situation and the circumstances, she's doing a pretty good job. She goes out to meet Christ. She's having this hard conversation with him. She's like, okay, we got to hash this out. She, she comes to him. She says, yes, he's going to rise again on the last day. She's got good theology. She believes in the resurrection. She believes in that, that Christ has the power to, to get whatever he asked God for. You know, She's displaying all these amazing truths and, and these theologies in her belief in Christ in this moment. But she didn't understand everything about what she was saying that she believed in. You with me? Like she, she just did not understand like you and we do this as Christians all the time, like we talk about things. I, I'll pick on Hannah for a little bit. I always pick on Hannah, sorry. but she, she had to do a Sunday school lesson this morning on the Trinity, and we were laughing last night, we were talking over the past couple of days as she was prepping for that Sunday school lesson. it's like. We talk about the Trinity, we believe in the Trinity, the Trinity is super important, but at the same time, you ask someone about the Trinity, you ask 20 different people about the Trinity, you're going to get 20 different explanations about the Trinity. Like, it's a super important part of theology, but as far as us claiming that we understand everything, about, we don't, you know, it's like we try to understand, we try to explain it, we, we try to talk about it. It's very important, but, you know... It gives you a headache trying to think about it sometimes. It's a very, it's kind of abstract in a lot of ways. There's so many things about Christianity that we talk about and we say and we sing about in songs and we even pray and ask God for things, but we don't truly understand completely. Martha is making statements in this moment. She's talking about the resurrection, she's talking about her faith in Christ, but she doesn't truly understand what she's talking about. She believes in it, but she doesn't understand. What he's talking about. Now, Jesus never chastises her for this. I think that's really important to understand that in this moment, she comes, she's a little confrontational, which I like in, in a lot of ways. She's coming to Christ, her statements are kind of like she's holding him responsible. He never chastises her, he speaks to her gently. And I think God understands, Christ understands. I think he understands that that we as people, we just do not understand everything that we talk about, everything that we hear. We might get a little grasp on it here and there, but we don't understand everything. And that's part of the growing process in our relationship with the Lord is that we receive that understanding as time goes. As we grow closer to the Lord, we gain more understanding. But if you go back to verses 14 to 15, Jesus Jesus even reveals that even the disciples' belief and their understanding was limited and incomplete at best. In John chapter 11, verses 14-15, as Jesus is with his disciples before they go back to Judea to see Lazarus or Mary and Martha, he told them plainly, No, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And even in this moment, where the disciples, they believed in Christ, they were following Him. Thomas even resolved in himself, "Okay, let's all go too, so that we can all die together." They were all willing to go and die. They believed, but their their belief was not complete in understanding of what Christ was actually capable of, what was possible. Up until this point, their understanding of what they had seen and touched and felt and witnessed was was incomplete because they were about to see more. And what Jesus was about to show them was going to cause their faith to increase significantly. And in this crazy moment when the world is falling apart, thank God that we had the disciples were willing to show up in this moment and go with Christ. And thank God that we had a Martha who was willing to get out of that house and go and meet Jesus on the road. And thank God that all of this happened so that all these people who were there from Jerusalem, who were mourning with Mary and Martha, had this huge crowd from this area that just a few days back wanted to kill Jesus, were able to come and witness this amazing moment where he is going to bring someone back to to life who has been dead for several days at this point. Martha believed in the resurrection. But she did not understand what Christ was capable of. She did not understand that Jesus was the resurrection. That without him there is no resurrection. Jesus is the reason why everyone will rise on the last day. She just thought that it was just going to happen. It was just part of the game. But no, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He has the power. He is the one who has the authority to speak and cause dead things to live. And so it gives us a complete understanding of truth. Point number three: the hard things give us a chance to see God. As you're sitting here this morning, you know, it's one thing to believe in Jesus completely based on faith, and as, as believers in Christ, that's why we're called believers because. We really do just have to believe. There, there has to come a point in time in your life where you got to step out and say, okay, God, I don't understand. I'm not even like 100% sure that you're there or you're real or this whole thing. Like, you know, I'm not sure if my parents and grandparents have been lying to me my whole life, but I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to step out on faith and I'm going to do this thing. Like There has to come that point in time in your life where you step out on faith and you believe in Christ and you start living for Him because you make a decision to believe. And salvation is initiated by faith. But there's one thing to believe in something because you believe it. And it's a totally different thing to believe in something because you've seen it with your own eyes and you've witnessed it. And now you know beyond a shadow of a doubt this is real. This is 100% absolutely real. The disciples had to do that You know, some strange dude comes walking by one day, hey, I see you're fishing for fish, come follow me, I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. Like, what kind of weird statement is that? And those disciples in that moment had to make a decision in their life, am I going to believe and trust this guy, and am I going to follow him? And whenever they stepped out out of those boats and they went with Christ, that was faith. That was just belief. That Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this thing. But as they walked with Christ, and as they served, they witnessed and saw with their own eyes what he was capable of. In this passage, Martha believed. She believed in the resurrection. She believed that Jesus had access to God. But she just did not understand And in verse 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And this is is the fifth time of seven times that Jesus makes the I am statement in the gospel where he's basically like revealing himself to be God, like where Jesus is God. Talking about that confusing Trinity thing. He's revealing himself to be God. In this moment, like they believe Jesus, like they trusted in him, They believed in him to be the Messiah, but up until this point, I don't know if you know this or not, there's a big difference between believing in the Messiah and believing that Jesus was God's son, that he was God. There's a big difference in that. And they believed that he was Messiah. They believed he had access to God like nobody else. But up until this point, it's like even Jesus knew, I'm glad that Lazarus is dead because now you're going to believe more than what you believed before. God, God, always shows up in the hard times. You know that? God always shows up in the hard times. And we shouldn't be surprised by that because if you start reading Scripture and you start looking through the Bible and you look at all the times where God really shows up in amazing ways, it's always when life stinks the most for somebody else. You with me? God shows up In the moments where life really stinks for somebody. When Abraham follows God and he's called to sacrifice Isaac, God showed up. God showed up when Jacob's running from Esau for his life. God showed up when Joseph was sold into slavery. God showed up when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. God showed up in the fiery furnace. God showed up in the lion's den Always in the most unfair, the most difficult, the most daunting times, God shows up to reveal Himself and to display His power and His might the most in the most difficult times. I just want to challenge you. I just want, I want to remind you this morning: if you're going through a hard time, if life seems to stink, if there's situations, circumstances, you just feel like your world is falling apart around you, keep your eyes open, keep praying keep seeking keep crying out to god because during the worst times of people's lives that's when god shows up the most question is whether or not you're looking for him you know god's always there i was having a conversation with a guy this week and he was talking about how in, in this business that there was the employees were just in a really good situation And they didn't realize it because, you know, it's like we we just take the normal everyday stuff for granted, don't we? It's like we don't realize we have it good until it's not there anymore. And then you look back and you're like, man, that was really nice and I just didn't realize it. We take the normal for granted. And what's funny is, is that in the normal everyday aspect of everything, God is in it. God is in creation. God reveals himself through creation. God reveals himself through our life. You know, it's really funny. We think that just... A baby being born completely normal is just normal. But it's not. Like when you think about the billions of things that have to go absolutely right for a baby to be born normal and healthy, it is just impossible. But it happens. And so we just call it normal. The baby's born normal. It's not normal, it's a miracle. God is in everything, but we take it for granted. And and so what happens is, is in the most difficult times, we begin to seek God more than what we ever have in our life, and he reveals himself to us in some of the most powerful ways because it's amazing what God will do when we start asking him. When we start crying out to him and say, God, I need you right now. God, show me that you're here. Show me that you're with me. Teach me what you want me to know. And it's amazing the things that God can do that we think are impossible, but it's normal to him. He's more than able. The question is, are we willing to seek his face and trust in him? Point number four, last one. The hard things give us a chance to redeem ourselves. Now, I don't know if there's any of you here who feel like, man, you know, I'm not perfect. I've screwed up some stuff in my life. I feel like there are some things I really wish I could undo. But it gives us a chance to redeem ourselves. You know, know, Martha, poor Martha, she's always just kind of known for being that bitter sister who was angry at Mary and wanted Mary to get rebuked and chastised, but Jesus turned around and rebuked her instead. But in this moment, this, this is just a wonderful passage of Martha really being able to redeem herself. Because she she goes out, she meets Jesus on the road, she makes these proclamations of faith that are so important, like she believes in Christ, she knows that there's something special about him, she doesn't understand the situation, she doesn't understand why Christ delayed in his return so that their brother could still be living And the simple understanding that Christ allowed Lazarus to die, now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this for a moment. For Jesus to say, I am the resurrection and the life, that if you believe in me, that you can live after dying, that, that you can do that. Like, uh, okay, like, okay, Jesus said it's true, so I'll believe that. It's one thing to like believe it because he said it, and then it's another thing to see it with your own eyes for someone who's been dead for four days and their body should be decomposing by this point. And it would be one thing for Jesus to have came back in time to heal Lazarus, which everyone already believed in, but it's a totally different thing in this moment for Jesus to allow Lazarus to pass, to come back, and then to raise him from the dead so that the disciples could believe more, so that Martha and Mary could believe more, so that all the people from Jerusalem who were there mourning, who wanted to kill him, could see it and believe that this guy is not playing around. He is who he said he is. The hard things give us a chance to redeem ourselves. If life is perfect, if things are just going your way, and all you got to do is get up in the morning and smile and just keep on trucking that's not faith that's not trust it's the difficult hard times and you know this if you've been, if you've been married any amount of time you know the hard the difficult times is what makes you as a couple grow like where you, you it either makes you or breaks you you begin to trust in each other more and you rely on each other more in those moments or it breaks And the hard times with Christ are the same exact way. It either makes your relationship with God and it gives you a chance to redeem yourself in things that you failed in in the past. You say, okay, God, I screwed that up back there. I may have fell into this temptation. I may have done this. But from here on, I'm going to trust in you. And the hard times give us perfect opportunities to put our trust and faith in Christ, to not fall back into temptation, to not fall back into doubting, but to say, God, I'm sticking with you. Despite anything, don't care what happens, I'm with you till the end gives us a wonderful chance to redeem ourselves. You look at the disciples, even the disciples deserted Christ. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Like in the time, you say in the time where Jesus needed them the most, but what was happening was going to happen but they deserted him but they came back and they went eventually they went to die their own deaths in the name of Christ in their faith not fun times difficult extremely hard times unfair in a lot of ways because they were doing right things they were doing good things they were doing everything that Christ asked them to do and they died for it anyway The hard times give us a chance to redeem ourselves. And guys, this morning, whatever your situation in life is, maybe there's just some things in your life that you felt short in, and you say, Lord, I just want a chance to redeem myself. I just want a chance to just try to make this right. And we can't make it right. It's not through our own effort. But God can give you the opportunity to trust in faith and have, trust, in your, trust in Him and have faith to grow in that faith with Him. Maybe there's just some people who just, you're sitting here today and it's like, man, I believe in God. I do. I've believed in God for a long time. And you just need to see God. Maybe God just wants you to actually see Him, to see Him work and move and do what seems impossible in this curtain situation. Some of you may just need to grow. Whatever the reason is, guys, I just want to encourage you, show up. Be willing to show up, especially in the hard times, because that's when God reveals himself the most. That's when God does the most amazing things, and that's whenever he does the most amazing things in us as individuals. But if we don't show up, then we just have these hard times for nothing. But if we show up, we allow God to work and move, we keep our trust and faith in Him, you'll benefit more for it years to come than you'll ever think or imagine. But you got to trust in God to do it and show up. Let's pray. Father, we just want to say thank you for this day. God, thank you for the opportunity to be called your children, to trust and believe in you. And Lord, thank you for the ability to just have stories like this or things that just seemed impossible, things they would have never even thought of, like raising Lazarus from the death was even possible. But Lord, time and time again, you have shown yourself to be God of the impossible, to be God of things that are far beyond what we could ever think or imagine. So Lord, if there's anybody in this room who just feels like they're cornered, there's no way out, there's no answer for their situation, God, I pray that they would cry out in the name of Jesus, Lord, they would seek your face, and Lord, surrender and allow you to work and move so they can see you in a way they've never seen you before. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for this time we have together. And God, as we go and we partake in this meal and we have fun and fellowship together, we pray that you would bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. We pray that you would keep us safe and guide us and help us to have have a good time. But Lord, most importantly, help us to fellowship with one another, to love one another the way that you truly call us to. We love you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. See you guys at the picnic.